Shawty, what's all with y'all? Oh, hi. Coming to say you're lucky, fine. We got to cutting it off. It she know about the kid and fuck on my line. I'ma keep it up all with y'all. But Shawty, I'm trying to make you mine. Don't make it too easy, I wanna try. She looking too good, can't let it go by. Oh, yeah. Think I won the lotto. This slow mulatto. She could be a model. She wanna show me some. Think I won the lotto. Yeah, this slow mulatto. All right, we're sticking with the cold opener because I liked it. I, I like the way that sounded. And today we're going to be talking about my tales from watching the NBA Christmas Day basketball games. A lot of fun, a lot of good matchups. The NBA, they do it best on Christmas. I think they really do. Um, I'm going to be examining the NBA Christmas games starting from my least interesting and going to the most impl- interesting. The way I kind of quantified least interesting and most interesting was I looked at three sort of parameters the future playoff implications the game storylines and the quality of the game overall so that was sort of how I came out and decided on what order I was going to talk about these games to be honest with you I have two games tied at third because I could not pick between them and honestly the third fourth and fifth were so hard to pick because I think there were three games that were like equally as interesting and then two that kind of weren't nearly as interesting. So that being said, let's get right into it. 76ers versus Knicks. This game pissed me off. I stupidly bet the Knicks. New York Knickerbockers, welcome to the do not bet list. Go fuck yourselves. You guys are going to be on there for a while. I I thought, you know, Knicks are riding high. They're coming in. They're looking good. They're going to be on they're on this little game winning streak whatever. Philly uh, without Maxi, Harden's been looking good. Joel has been looking okay, but well, he's been looking really good, not okay. I don't know. I just thought Madison Square Garden, Christmas Day, this seemed like it was going to be the Knicks game to go. But as Knicks do, and in Knicks fashion, they blew a game that they were winning the most of the game. They started off, they looked great, they looked really solid, they were in control of the game. Julius Randle was looking awesome, looking like that. Julius Randle of a couple years ago when he was like an all-star. Knicks were in the control, and then really they just the fourth quarter they kind of fumbled it. They went really cold. Brunson ends with 23 points, 11 assists, 3 re- rebounds. Randle, 35 points, 4 assists, 8 rebounds. Harden, 29 points, 13 assists, and 4 rebounds. And then Embiid, 35 points, 1 assist, 8 rebounds. So what does this tell me? First, Max, no Maxi should have been a bigger deal for the Sixers, and the Nets could not work with that I think Maxi he's not a good defender but that scoring punch that he brings just really elevates the Sixers so for them to only win by seven against a not a great uh, Knicks team I'm not holding that against the Sixers at all because they're without one of their three best players however for the Knicks I think people were starting to get a little high on them starting to think that they could make a little bit of a playoff run obviously no one was saying they're a contender or anything but this was just really that exemplified uh the Sixers clearly they're someone they're a team that at the peak can be you know somewhat of a title contender or a borderline title contender and then the Knicks just aren't there yet it just kind of shows the tiers of the NBA right now the Knicks need a third option obviously RJ Barrett I think he had like 17 points he looked all right but from there it just really drops off I I don't know they need a third option I don't know what they do I'm honestly not a huge RJ Barrett fan in this role for him. I think he's he'd be a really good six man or on a different team he'd be better, but to me 
they obviously just need someone else. Um, it's not a hot take at all. Everyone's been saying that for a very long time. And I don't know what they're going to do because they're mediocre. And as we've said numerous times on this podcast, being mediocre is just the worst in the NBA. So that game, kind of a stinker. Mostly, actually, it was an all right game. I was just pissed because of me betting the game. And obviously, it came out the way it did. In terms of playoff implications, I don't think there was a ton. It showed that the Sixers are a tough team. They're not going to be an easy out. Um, If Joel Embiid and James Harden can stay healthy, Tyrese Maxey back, they're going to be looking all right. Tobias Harris, I love him. I don't love him, but he is a Vol, so obviously I have to root for him. But I think he had eight points, 36 minutes. Um, He's really one of the worst contracts in the league and has been for a very long time. And George Niang had, like I think, 17 or 23 in that range. And... Yeah, so I think Philly's going to be all right once they get everyone back. If everyone stays healthy, they're going to be fine. The Knicks, um, I know they're 18 and 16 right now, but they need to figure something out, whether that's bottom out, get get better draft picks, or make a splash, you know, go for like an Alex Cruz or Bradley Beal, um, you know, somewhat of that nature. I've heard of a Trey Young to the Knicks deal. I'm not sure if that happens, but that'd be interesting. I think he would be really a good fit in Madison Square Garden. So, first game, Knicks versus 76ers. Pretty good start. Obviously lost some money on it, though, so I'm a little pissed about that. All right, next game was the that I had ranked um, was Lakers versus Mavs. This game was really weird. Um, starting off, Luka's just not involved. He, I don't, I'm, I'm, we've talked about it on this podcast a ton, is like, Luka has an extremely high usage rate, and usually everything goes through him. But starting off with this, he just was not really touching the ball towards the end of the first. The Mavs just looked like they weren't ready to play yet until the third quarter where they score 51 points. That's a historical um, amount of points scored. It was the highest scoring quarter in Christmas Day in NBA history, and then the highest scoring quarter this year. Um, Just absolutely insane. And then, you know, we expected, like, this to happen. The Lakers just don't have the personnel to stay up. I mean, LeBron had a great game, 38 points, 5 assists, 6 rebounds. The next highest scorer was Russell Westbrook with 17 points, 4 assists, 5 rebounds. And then it goes to Austin Reeves, 16 points, no assists, 2 rebounds. And then from there, the next highest scorer was Thomas Bryant and Pat Bev. Both had 8. So... We knew that this Lakers team was going to suffer without AD. Uh, they're not going anywhere without AD. And even with AD, I don't know where they go. For the Mavs, though, this was a scary game. Yes, you played well. Yes, you got the win. But it took 26 points, 6 rebounds, and an assist from Tim Hardaway Jr. 14 points, 4 assists, 3 rebounds from uh, Reggie Bullock. 30 points, 7 assists, 8 rebounds from Christian Wood. 32, 9, and 9 from Luka just for you guys to beat a depleted Lakers team by um, 9. And you had to go off this historical third quarter just to get the win. I'm worried about this Mavericks team. I've been worried about them all year. I just don't think they have the personnel and the play style to go far. They're, they're struggling with games. They're This is a 13-20 and 20 Lakers team that they should have at least – I mean, I know, oh, great. okay, yes, they beat them by nine, but they were losing throughout most of this game. It was just the third quarter explosion that kind of brought them over the place. But then if you look at it, the Lakers score 40 in the fourth and the and the Mavs score 30. Like, 
I don't know, man. I'm I'm really worried about this Mavs team. They should have been beating this team, this Lakers team, by more. Um, overall, interesting game because that scoring explosion, explosion. It's always fun to watch guys go off. But I mean, playoff implications wise, Lakers aren't going nowhere. Mavs are. I don't think are a threat in the West. I don't want to count Luka out because of how good he is, but the way that they play, the lack of personnel, the lack of depth. Jalen Brunson leaving them was huge. I don't think I think that was a very, you know, a very big story that was not really looked at, and um, I just don't think playoff implication wise, I'm I'm a little worried about the Mavs. Um, game storylines, there wasn't anything too crazy. Luca versus LeBron as a duel, um, you know, that's always fun, and the quality of the game, you know, it was a pretty fun game. But yeah, that's why I have it second. Uh, on my list okay here's where the tie was at that i was telling you guys about i could not figure out how to put this game or where to put these two games actually honestly the following three because my criteria as i mentioned before was storylines playoff implications and the game quality of the game overall so i decided that these two games um the quality of the game overall was not as fun as the game I put in my top spot for the most interesting game. So we'll start with Grizzlies-Golden State. This game was a lot of fun, mostly because of the storylines. As you know, these guys, these teams have beef. Clay Thompson really hates um, <laughs> the Grizzlies team, especially Dylan Brooks. Uh, he had a bunch of quotes after the game talking about Dylan Brooks calling them a dynasty. Um, going into the game, John Morant mentioned that he was not afraid of anyone in the West. So... Clearly, the Warriors came in with a chip on their shoulder, and holy fuck, did they play hard. They end up winning 123-109. to um, Dante DiVincenzo, 19-3-3. Clay Thompson, 24-4-9. Jordan Poole, 32-2-3. And, and that's only in 29 minutes. He gets ejected after, um, I think, saying something to the refs. He gets ejected. This was a really poorly officiated game. Honestly, pretty hard to watch. Uh just because of the officiating. Um, on the Grizzlies' end, Dylan Brooks, 13-1-3. Jaron Jackson, 11-0-2. Steven Adams, or sorry, John Morant, 36-8-7. That was about it for scoring. Tyus Jones had 13. So, playoff implications-wise, um, this was not good for the Grizzlies. Like, they talk a lot of shit for a young team, and... They, boy, did they get shown up by a, a an awful Warriors team. This Warriors team is not good without Steph. They looked great last night, but that is not going to be how they normally look. I think they just played up in that game because it was Christmas and because they obviously hate Memphis. As far as playoff implications, I mean, you can never count the Warriors out, but it just depends on how long Steph's out. They're not going to be – they're not if without Steph, they're not a threat to win the title. Memphis, um, what I what stuck out to me about this game was John Morant's shooting. He does not shoot the ball well. Uh, he he, I'll have to check his stats real quick. But he he just did not. He does not look like he in this game against the Warriors. He was fifteen for twenty nine, two for ten from three. Um, he shoots the three at about thirty three point one percent, and then he has a forty five percent from the field goal. It's like not great numbers. That 33 is pretty bad. Um, he's a 32.8% free throw, uh, three-point shooter for his career. So clearly that's 
Where he lacks the most is his shooting, which is why it's so impressive that he averages 26.8 points per game this year because clearly most of those points are um, like interior points um, and not jump shots. I, I think with, without a jump sh- – without – jaw having a jump shot he's there he's never gonna be he's not or not never he just won't be like that he's not gonna be the best guy in the league because of his lack of a jump shot i love watching him play um but this grizzlies team they i think they're they're really good they are a contender this year but they got shown some flaws um especially by a warriors team that was really beat up um it was missing andrew wiggins and steph curry this was a bad loss for the grizzlies and this game was fun because of the storylines, um, the playoff implications, as I mentioned. Um, without those guys, Warriors are going nowhere. Memphis, this was scary, an eye-opener for them, kind of a, a blueprint on how to guard them. It seems that they talk a lot, and if you can get in their head and break them, there's really no return. And if you're able to let Josh shoot, he's not going to make it um, as much as you would expect. So, yeah, uh, that game was interesting. And then I tied it with the Celtics and the Bucks. Because the Celtics and the Bucks, another blowout game. This game was interesting. The storylines coming into it, obviously the Giannis and Tatum duel, which was so fun to watch. Um, Jalen Brown and Giannis getting into it. Um, just the Celtics-Bucks rivalry in general. Um, a fun storyline going into it. Giannis played pretty well, 27-3-9. He was not playing well until later in the quarter. Um, he We were guarding him super well. Grant Williams on Giannis and... Uh, Robert Williams on Giannis is just, oh, it's 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 one of the I think we have one of the best ways of guarding Giannis in the league. Um, people, Drew Holiday, twenty three points. He's always really good. He always shows up against Marcus Smart. Brooke Lopez had sixteen. Pat Connaughton, fifteen. Pat Connaughton always shows up. That's his hometown team. The Celtics are. Jalen Brown, twenty nine four and five. Tatum, forty one five and seven. Dunks on Giannis's head. From that, no one else really scored that much. Um, Derek White, he really can't shoot still. He had 12, though. Um, you know, Marcus Smart was six points, but he had eight assists. This was just, um, like I said, it's just that's the perfect way for us to guard Giannis. Um, the storylines were fun going into it. Playoff implications. Um, everyone's going to say, like, oh, so, uh, Bucks were missing Chris Middleton. Um, without Middleton, this is a whole different game. Chris Middleton has not been playing well since his since his um return he's been right he's averaging i believe yeah this season right now he's averaging 11 points per game almost two turnovers um and uh, just around four assists and three blocks so i don't know if he would have made too much of a difference i think he's still trying to work his way back in but he's also 31 years old so he's getting up there in age a little bit he's coming off of a tough injury uh he was out he was out against Celtics with his knee um, I don't know if he would have made that much of a difference on, against this game, but obviously I'm a biased Celtics fan. But huge win for the Celtics, especially because they're on a little bit of a skid. Um, so they needed this win. Obviously, they had that win against Minnesota. But like I said, I noticed their switching was a lot better. Um, I had mentioned that in the last episode that their switching just looked really bad, and I think was a big part of them, you know, not winning as much as we would have liked. But yeah, this was just an awesome game. But I couldn't, I could, I, I just, because it was such a blowout, I couldn't pl- put it up as like the best game. So the best game obviously was Denver versus um, the Suns. 
Now, it didn't have as many storylines going into it, and because Devin Booker gets injured in the beginning and he leaves, it's, it wasn't as star-powered, but Denver able to push it to um, overtime with a huge dunk by Jamal Murray in the last couple seconds to bring it to overtime. They're able to escape overtime with a three-point win. Um, lots of super awesome dunks from Aaron Gordon and everyone. Jokic doing Jokic num- things. He just looks absolutely insane. He should be MVP again. Um, I don't know if he will because of voter fatigue, but Jokic finishes with um, 41 points, 15 assists, and 15 rebounds. He literally puts up NBA 2K My Career numbers. It's absolutely ridiculous. Aaron Gordon, who's come alive with Jokic, um, 28 points, 2 assists, 13 rebounds. Jamal Murray, 26, 5, and 5. So great games from them. The Suns, they're, I don't know what's going on. Like, they look great one game. They look terrible the next. They didn't look terrible this game. They looked good. Um, they just couldn't close out. Landry Shamit, 31 points. He hit everything. Um, absolute dagger. Uh, Mikhail Bridges had 13. DeAndre Ayton with 22. Chris Paul, 17, 16 assists and 4 rebounds. Like I said, um, Devin Booker was not playing. Uh, yeah, this was a fun game. I The storylines weren't as interesting as um, the others. But I thought that the quality of game was a lot higher than the last two because it wasn't um, a blowout, like I said. And then in terms of playoff implications, I was sleeping on Denver. I was sort of out on them. I still do think, as I've said with almost all these teams, that they are missing a piece. And I think that piece is their backup center, kind of like scoring, someone to take over scoring duties when um, the starters come off. Whenever Jokic is off, it's it's a lot of uh, Bones Highland shooting the ball a lot of Jamal Murray, but he also comes off with Jokic too. So I don't know. Jamal Murray, side note, I like him, but he should look to pass sometimes on these game winners. He, the buzzer to end the, to go to like, so they were tied and then they got the ball off of um, a Mikhail Bridges offensive foul. I don't know what he was doing. They pass it into Jamal Murray and he just did not even look to pass and he takes like this pretty bad shot that gets blocked. Um, it seems to me when it comes out of crunch time, he's not, he's not a pass first guy. I don't know if he is a pass first guy in any form of the word, but especially when it's like balls to the wall, you know, big game time, he does not seem to be looking to pass the ball. So, um, that was just one thing I noticed, like they should figure out a way to get it to someone else. Well, Jokic, my favorite player to watch in the league, He's fucking insane. He moves so slow, and but he's just so smart. And the passes he makes just consistently, like not even passes that end up in assists or scoring, just the passes that he makes to advance the ball are insane. Um, he should be MVP again. He's, he means the most to his team. He's the most valuable player in the league to his team. And playoff implications. So Denver, I think... They're first in the West. Maybe you get them coming out of the West. Um, this is a really weird West, so it's very possible that they come out. Um, the Suns, I don't know. You can't take too much because you're missing Devin Booker, so that was huge. Um, DeAndre Ayton uh, played well. They had sort of him coming on and off against um, Jokic. Chris Paul, scoring-wise, he's not the same. Um, Assisting-wise and facilitation-wise, he's huge. Um, I don't know if he's going to hold up injury-wise. So, yeah, that was 
that this was the most fun game to watch just because it went to overtime and it was very close and it was really back and forth a lot of fun but yeah overall this was a really good christmas slate i had a lot of fun watching it i know this is another quick episode the boys are on uh, a little bit of like a vacation family situation so i figured i'd get this episode out by myself but don't worry there will be more episodes with more people not just me and yeah so shout out christmas i hope everyone had a good holidays and yeah, thank you all for listening. I will be back very soon with yeah. another episode. Shot it was all with y'all. Oh, Coming to say you're lucky, fine. We got to cutting it off. Nobody kidding, fuck on my line. I'ma keep it above with y'all. But shorty, I'm trying to make you mine. Don't make it too easy, I wanna try. She looking too good, can't let it go by. Oh yeah. Think I won the lotto. This slow mulatto. She could be a model. She wanna show me some. Think I won the lotto. This slow mulatto. She could be a model.